tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, Episode 9. Hey there, sweet friends. Hope you're having a wonderful summer. It is June here in Montana and absolutely beautiful. Uh, But no matter what time of year you're listening to this episode, I pray that it's a sweet season for you, that it's one of those times when everything seems to be going right. (laughs) But in case it's not one of those rare, wonderful seasons, and in case you feel like you're going through perhaps uh, one of the heaviest battles you've ever, ever been in, Well, today's episode is going to offer you some tips and tools that I think all of us need because sooner or later, we're going to have a battle. We're going to face a difficulty, but God wants to give us everything we need to be battle ready. Well, hey there, Miss Kelly. How are you this morning? I am doing so good, Joanna. The kids are at school and I'm like laying back and enjoying just a second to breathe right now. It feels so good. Ah, uh, I know. It, it, those are wonderful days. I love, love, love having my my son at home. But then there are those moments where it's like, yeah, I, I just can kind of breathe. Yeah, especially after the weekend. We had a busy one. How about you? Yeah, it was really busy. And my son keeps me on my toes. Like last night, he was trying to grab my phone and he wanted to text out just different people on my phone and say, are you a Christian? I'm like, oh, son, we can't do this. Like, who are you texting right now? This is my life. Okay. It's very exciting over here in Kelly Bellari land. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is so funny. How many kids do you have? I have Michael, he's seven, and Madison is five. And she's like already my little designer girl. She rearranges her room, I'd say every three weeks. It's the cutest thing. That is so much fun. Uh, Those are wonderful ages. I absolutely love that age. And can I just tell you, it gets sweeter. Every single stage is sweeter. I absolutely love the teenage years. It's probably my favorite. And I know everyone's like, what? But you know what? It's so amazing to watch them become young men and young women and their giftings and everything. So enjoy it all, my friend. Well, Joanna, I love your outlook because I remember one time I was at Costco and this lady looks at me and she's like, you think they're bad now? Just wait. And I was like, why are you saying this to me? So I appreciate your optimism. And like, it's not like I'm entering into the horror zone of teenage years. Thank you for that. Right. It's so good. No. And I think almost, um, you know, I think almost we go in with this expectation, some people, and then it just fulfills itself. And why not? Why not expect really good stuff? Because it can be it can be so fun. I, I still actually, Josh is 16 and I'm loving it. It's just, it's just amazing to watch them become, become wonderful, wonderful young men and women. So anyway, super great. Well, Hey, we're going to talk about your book, Battle Ready, training your mind to conquer challenges, defeat doubt and live victoriously. It's just a beautiful book. So um, user-friendly. I really, really loved how you set it out. And you always really bring it down to this practical application. And um, and it's awesome. But, you know, you and I have been talking over the last month here and there, texting back and forth. And, you know, 
it's one thing to write a book, but then we have to actually, we have to put the principles into, um, into practice. I'm going to dig into that a little bit more, especially on a personal level, because um, as I shared with you, I've kind of been walking through some stuck places and, and I think you've got some wonderful advice, but can you tell us where did this book come from in your own heart? It's so funny, Joanna. I think I've lived through so many battles. You know, I've had, uh, I actually was like very nearly diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. My legs started going numb and I started losing my eyesight. And I remember I was in the middle of a Chicago street and I could not see. And I was like, how am I going to cross the street? And all this was happening and it happened repeatedly. And so I got all these tests done and um, praise be to God. We also had a colicky baby in the night that we would stay up with all night. And I know you guys are like, why would she say praise be to God? And that's because <laughs> we were we were able to stay up all night and just pray nonstop about this multiple sclerosis. And um, at the end of the day, the doctors couldn't diagnose me with it. Um, but that was just one of the things that I've gone through depression and eating disorder. And um, we've had a family death that was very unsettling um, around us. And just, it's just, we've gone through it all, you know, um, financial issues. And I think I lived with this mindset of like, okay, I just have to make it through this issue. Like if I can just get it through this battle, then I'm going to reach the promised land and my life is going to be roses and daisies. And I can go sit out in the back porch and sip my iced tea, you know? And I always just felt like I had to just make it through something. And then, you know, it's like when this happens, then I'll be okay. And finally I got to the point of like, Jesus, you said that we could have abundant life and have it now to the full, you know, and I don't have to wait for this other day. I don't have to wait until I make it somewhere. Jesus, you're my hope. You're my deliverer. You're my redeemer, my restorer right now. And I can choose to abide in faith and trust and have joy of being with you rather than living in this constant wishing away or hoping for land. And so I wrote Battle Ready really just to help myself. I mean, selfishly, and then figured, listen, if it helps me, it'll help others. So I wanted to write down all the practical tools that have helped me during battles because I've gone through a lot and the Lord has really blessed me with strategies. And so I wanted to share those. Mm, That is so good. That is so good because I think we forget how much we have in Christ. I really, really do. I mean, even though I've served him all my life and have enjoyed such a sweet intimacy with him, I would say that this particular issue is my weak place. I tend to live under the circumstances <laughs> and and I can have joy one day. And I think part of it is being sanguine too. You know, it's like one day it's like, I've never had a problem in the world. And then the next day I've never been happy. How well will I be happy? And so I've really even, I remember praying as a young mom, just saying, Lord, um, this roller coaster is exhausting. This roller coaster is exhausting. And if you have to take down the mountains and fill in the valleys, but I want to have a steadfast walk with you rather than, rather than just vacillating between joy and despair. And so I can really relate to what you're talking about. Exactly. It's like a teeter-totter, right? You know, you're up one minute, you're down the next. Or, oh, good things are happening. Oh, God loves me. And then, oh, no, horrible things are happening. Oh, he must really be angry at me. And I'm like, no, like he loves me. And 
even sometimes the things that we're struggling through are actually our breakthrough. Like they're the things that are grooming us and growing us and giving us the ability to carry the better things of God. Cause like I would never take my daughter Madison and throw her into the deep end of the swimming pool before she's ready to swim. Like I'd subject her to swimming lessons and be like, okay, it's going to be tough, but you're going to get in there and you're going to practice and try. And yeah, you might sink down sometimes and feel like you're, you know, losing your breath, but somebody's going to catch you. And you know, there's this process and we hate the process. We're like, no God. I want to skip the process and get to where I need to be right now. And so these days I've just been saying, oh God, thank you for the process. Thank you that you're showing me these things in me, God, because if you just gave it all to me, I would just, I wouldn't handle that right. And I'd I'd maybe walk away from you or I just, I've been noticing these things that the good reasons why God is doing what he's doing rather than being like upset at him that he's not giving me everything. Totally. Totally. Do you think that that's kind of an American mindset that we come in with that like life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And so if I'm happy, then everything's good. If I'm facing a struggle, then what's gone wrong? What do you think? Is that American or is that just humanity? Don't you think so, Joanna? I mean, I don't know. I'm in America. I don't live in China, so I can't speak for them. But we get everything we want ASAP. Like we have this drive through Starbucks. We're like, I mean, we're, we have memes, you know what I mean? That express <laughs> in like maybe five words and an image our whole life, right? We, I mean, everything is so fast. We text a mile a minute. Everything is instant gratification. Um, and, you know, people have talked about a vending machine God, right? Where it's like, God, give me this now. You know, we just, we expect things to happen for us quickly. And so, but God, he's always building upon himself. He's, he's, He's he's grooming something. He's growing us. He's he's increasing us. He's he's all about the joy of doing it with us. So I think he's less about trying to give us exactly what we want and more about helping us to hold his hand so that we can do it together with him. And then once we get there, we can have the joy of being like, you did this, God. I didn't do it or I didn't get it or it it wasn't my good work, but God, it was your process. It was your working. Look at all you did along the way. Look at all we went through. And then we have the testimony that we can then share with others. And they're like, wow, I know what you went through. And God did that. And it's there's so much more joy in getting something over time than there is in just these rapid fire results, you know? I, I totally agree. Well, and I think I think that we missed the whole point of scripture where over and over God says, you know, Jesus says, in this world you're gonna have trouble, but it's okay. You can you can be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. And and then you know, Paul over and over, consider it joy. What I love about God is that, yeah, this world has fallen. This life is not fair. Bad things happen to good people all the time. And yet God has chosen not to always interrupt and not to always intervene, but he always redeems. And he takes everything that this world throws at us, everything that the enemy means for evil, and he turns it for good. But how how can we change our mindset so, so that we don't get thrown by those difficulties, but we can look at them as opportunities? I love to think about the verse, you know, the joy of the Lord being our strength. 
Mm. right? When I am close to God, when I take the time out to get in his word or to pray or to draw near to his heart or to hear what he has to say or to think about how much he loves me or to dwell on how I'm a new creation, right? The old is gone. The new is here. I hear, There's a new nature within me. I'm alive to Christ. All of a sudden, what mounts up in me is like such joy and like, oh, wow, Jesus, if I have you in me, what can, right? You can do the immeasurably more. What can stop me? What can stop you? You are great. You are mighty. And in that, it's been funny, Joanna, because we've gone through a huge trial in the past six months. I mean, there's been some health stuff for me, definitely financial. We've gotten rid of a bunch of stuff that we don't need to try to make way for what's most important. And people could look at it. If I wrote down the little things, to would be like that. Those are trials right there. But I'll tell you, when I get full of the Lord, and I mean really just receiving what it is that Jesus did for me, it's like, I don't even care about all that extraneous stuff. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's just stuff. You know, those are just results or whatever. I mean, and it sounds impossible to attain to, but I'm telling you, it's not. When you get full of Jesus... Um, and again, it's just making time. It's clearing our busy schedule for him. He then makes the things of earth grow strangely dim. It really is true. When you fix your eyes on heaven, everything else starts to pale in comparison because you're like, oh my goodness, God, you're so good. God, you have words to speak to me. Like I'm getting a reality of what really is the reality, which is the heavenly reality, the spiritual reality, and the reality of earth and all its trials are like, they don't have as much of a pull on your heart. And I hope it's not sounding too vague. Like I'm feeling like people are like, that sounds good, but how do I get there? And it really is like doing simple things. It's like shutting down your phone. It's, you know, turning off your computer. It's saying, God, here's the reality of where I am today. Like it hurts today. What do you have to say to me? Like sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and I'll, I'll just say, God, tell me about how you love me. And I'll just write down the words that I feel like are from his heart to me. And it just, it sets my day off on the right tone. And those are some of the things it's meditating on or reciting scripture in your mind and letting it become part of your heart. It's those little things that are just going to mount you up in new strength. Mm, I love that. I love that. I, and I think that's really important. First of all, that those that are listening understand that it's a process that we have to cooperate with. I think sometimes I just want the magic wand. It's like, Jesus, make me feel better. And sometimes it's just getting on my face before him, pouring out my heart. You know, um, journaling has been a huge thing for me just to kind of record and capture what's going on inside. Because if I leave it there or if I don't bring it to the Lord in prayer, if I don't pour out my heart to him, I'm going to get stuck with what I'm holding on to rather than getting a hold of God. How does that happen best for you? Oh my goodness. You know, this is, it sounds kind of cliche to say it, but the first step for me is always repentance. And then number two is to reset my mind. And then number three, to resolve to cast out all the lies and to return to truth. And it's a continual process like, um, repentance is not a bad thing. We think about it. Like I used to think like, oh, I did so bad. I'm so angry at myself. And I still sometimes do that. I'll be honest. Like I still sometimes get really frustrated 
that I'm disappointing, you know, air quotes, disappointing God, you know, but um, repentance is not God being disappointed in you. It's God appointing you to a new thing because the second you cast out and you turn away from what it was that was hindering you from receiving his love, then you get his love and you get refilled to go and recharge to go do his miraculous work. And so it's really powerful to repent and to turn from the old thing. And then I reset my mind just to say, God, you're doing this. You're in charge of it. This is your work. Like even in changing me, like I can't change me. Like you are, you are the healer, restorer, reviver. You are life. You are the way, like you're all of it. It's all up to you. Like even I want to do different, but God, I need you. And then to say, okay, what lies have I been believing? You know, I'm not enough. Well, the truth Mm -hmm. is Christ is enough or people don't approve of me. Well, uh, because of Jesus, Christ is in me. And how can God not approve of me when Christ is in me? I start to go through this kind of stuff and say, no, what's the reality? Because we can either be going backwards and like relying on lives, which do pull us back, or we can say, no, I'm going to step back into truth and go forward. And I know we always hear all this stuff about lies and truth, but it's because it really is the way to break through and break out of mental dialogues that are holding you back. Uh, I think it's so true. In fact, I've, I've kind of been learning when I get um, sucked down into despair. And when I feel uh, you and I've been talking about my writing process and how I just feel stuck sometimes. And then I feel so like it's all my fault and I'm so terrible, but I'm, what I'm trying to do is stop and go, wait a minute, what is the lie? And, and I, it's really helped. And in fact, in working with women and counseling and talking to them, that's probably been the most powerful question to bring breakthrough is, wait a minute, what's the lie behind that thought? And, and bring God's truth. And for me, especially, it's like, okay, wait, 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 wait. I get so caught up in what I feel what I feel. I feel this and I feel that. And I'm learning that that sometimes I think that my feelings cause my thoughts, but a lot of it is my thoughts are causing my feelings. And this is why this book is so powerful, is training our mind. And so I, I have to ask though, is it possible to change our thoughts? It completely is, right? We're told not to be conformed to the world, right? But to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, this is a partnership with the Holy Spirit because, again, like everything good comes from God. Everything is sourced from Him. And I love it when I heard you say about, you know, your feelings kind of become your truth. It's funny because, Joanna, my son, he... um, he has this thing, like if he has a Band-Aid on his boo-boo, then he it, it feels all better, right? Then it's like yes. completely covered. It's all good. Like it's as if like it all of a sudden got healed because of the Band-Aid, right? We know that that's not the truth, but it's, our, it's his mind. And it's our mind too. Like our mind wants to tell us the lies and we believe it according to our perceptions or our past history or our confirmation bias. Like what happened before is going to repeat itself again. Like you said, that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like, oh, it's going to continually repeat or whatever it is. And so we have to submit ourselves to God. But then when we when we move in towards God, we must. Like this, that's why faith is so important. Like God says that we should have faith expressing itself as love. Like that's the ultimate 
that's 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 high. That's important um, because we can try to do this, but we must also move out in faith. And I like to have um, just little things that let myself know I receive something by faith, like with repentance. Right? If I say, God, I'm. I'll repent. I'll say, God, I'm sorry for this. But then there's something that can just tell my body and my mind to let my mind and body know that it's done. And this might sound a little bit like hokey or whatever, but I find it, I find it powerful is to just say, uh, to breathe in and just feel the weight of everything that you were carrying before you said, God, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for how I made this mistake, or I want to go a new way. You breathe in, just feel the heaviness in the pit of your stomach and then breathe out and just let it all out to God. Just let it all out. And when you do that, um, there's actually, when, when we make physical moves with our body, we are also instructing our mind. So that is telling yourself, I'm really letting this go to God. I'm surrendering now. God, you take over. You take the reins. Like it's out of me and it's on to you and you've got to help me with this thing. And so that's really where the power comes in. But we can also fill our mind with truth. Like we want to be full of God's word, right? Because That's the power of our life. Like that's our fuel. That's our go. That's our gas, you know? And so the more we can get his words into our mind, the less we're filled with our own words, which lead us to wherever, wherever land, not so good places sometimes. And I've just been thinking, Jesus, you're worthy of all my thoughts. You're worthy of every thought being in alignment with truth and life. Like there should be, if, if you think about your life being a pad of paper that you could live for Jesus, why shouldn't our mind be the same way? Like our mind just be filled with what is true and good and noble and of good report. And listen, I'm telling you, I'm not the model of this, but that's what I attain to. And that's what my heart prays for. So these are just some of the things I ponder during my day. I'm like, oh God, help me. You know, and he does, he does. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, for me, I've been listening to some different podcasts and different things and, and some of them are business podcasts and there's this huge movement towards affirmations and, um, you know, I am this and I am that. And, you know, what I'm realizing is there's some good in that, except that how terrible it is to only speak affirming words that are completely reliant on me because I am the weakest link. But when I bring God into that equation and I say things like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, um, you and, and begin to speak those words of affirmations where I'm inviting God in, but at the same time, I'm not believing the lie that um, I'm going to miss it or I'm going to mess it up, but that with the Lord, all things are possible. And so I love this whole thing. And you've, you've got wonderful, just really practical things like new habits and, and how to get those new habits and uh, disarming the common attacks that plague women. I'd, I'd like to camp on that just a little bit. And, you know, we can't maybe go through all seven, but what would you say are some of the big things that the enemy or even our flesh, because I, I really think that a lot of it is my own flesh that that just accuses me but then also you know that's that's how the doorway to how the enemy works is through our flesh how can we overcome those attacks well joanna i completely relate and i i feel like sometimes there are times when i just get attacked with specific things and it's mostly when i'm when i get really hungry 
I will just get <laughs> snappy. I mean, come on. How many of us as moms, like you're trying to get the breakfast made for everyone else. And then I'm like, oh, in the car, I'm like, no wonder I've been so cranky. I forgot to eat. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, some of it's practical, isn't it? Right. It really is. And we as women, we have to take care of ourselves too. You know, remember that oxygen mask thing in the airplane, you got to put it on first before you take care of everyone else. Um, and then just, you know, when I get hurried, when things are moving a hundred miles a minute in my life and everything's happening around me, it just feels really hard to keep up with love, right? Yeah. Like love goes out the window. You're just in survival mode. It's like, let me, I got to get this. The, the to-do list takes over, takes the reins. Um, and when I feel tired, these are just a couple of them. But when I feel tired, it makes it hard to remember God's truth. Suddenly my mind starts to dwell in negative places. And so just a few of these, just there's more, but they, these speak to women taking care of our own hearts and, you know, getting the rest you need, feeding yourself, taking a walk. Think about the things that you enjoy doing. Where do you meet God? Ask yourself that. Like, where do I most meet God? Where do I feel like I'm one with him. Those are good things to remember because then you can go to those places and, and connect with him. Or what refills me and recharges me? All of these things give us room, right? Um, in our mind, we want to create space for understanding what God is doing. So saying to ourselves, what season am I in? What is God up to? What does he want me to learn right now and what I'm going through? All of this is going to cultivate our own growth in Christ. And I and, um, you know, I was, it's funny, I had a dream last night about one girl, she was kind of moving ahead in a zigzag line and I was going a lot slower and, um, but I got there a lot faster, even though she was sprinting, I was going slow. And that's kind of how it is. If we can take those timeout moments that feel like we're falling behind on stuff to hear from God about what he's doing, what he's leading into us, us into, then we will, it may feel like a zigzag line, but we'll actually get there faster than if we were running all out and just trying to like fit God in between um, the spaces of our day. That's so good. I had a friend say something that really has stuck with me. I was a young mom and we were um, working at his church as associates and the portfolio was huge. And so we were constantly, constantly busy. And she said, Joanna, just have faith that what needs to get done will get done. And as I've pondered that over the years, you know, I have my to-do list. I have all my things. And I am exactly like what you described, where I lose the joy of the Lord is when I'm in a hurry. Oh my goodness. It does not bring out the good in me at all. And so being able to, to just go, okay, wait a minute. And, and just kind of stop, stop the, I don't know if it's like this for you, but like my heart, my heart and my mind just start swirling like a thousand miles an hour and just pausing, even though it seems so counterintuitive that when you're in a hurry that you would stop at least emotionally and just say, wait a minute. Okay, God, you're right here. You're yes. right here in this moment. And I think that too often I forget to bring God into the equation or invite him into, okay, I don't know how this is all going to get done, but I thank you, Lord, that you are going to give me what I need to, to do what you've called me to do. And the beautiful thing is you're going to take care of the rest because I belong to you. And just, I think for so much of my life, I really bought the lie that I was all alone, number one. And number two, the big one, it's all up to me. 
And if it's all up to me, then the only option is fear and frantic because I've got to work harder, be harder. You've got another book that I, I, I love and it's fear fighting. And it seems like in some ways, these two books could work well together. How do we, because I would say that that probably when I really look at what's going on in my heart and I ask the question, what's the lie behind this emotion? What's the lie behind this? It all comes down to somewhere along the way. I have fear. I have fear. Yes. What do you think? That's so good, Joanna. And I was thinking the exact same thing before you even asked me that question. I was like, it's all about fear. And then you said that. So we're both on the same page. And it's so funny. I was driving Madison to school months ago. And she, all of a sudden, I hear her in the back. She goes, no. And I'm like, Madison, you can't talk to mommy that way. That's not okay. And she goes, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the devil. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> she kind of surprised me. I was like, wow. But then I started thinking, man, she's onto something, right? Like, I like that adamant no, because that's how it is with fear. Fear tries to creep up on us, at least on me. Like, fear is like my worst best friend. Like, mm-hmm. I've known fear well. You know, I. I sometimes might even not even notice that I'm afraid because I've lived that way for so long. Um, other than the fact that God started to heal me now where it, I'm able to notice it more. But we, in the same way that Madison screamed out, no, we have to scream out no to fear because fear is really from the enemy. Um, and God's perfect love will cast out fear. So anytime we step into fear, we can just say, okay, God, show me, remind me of your perfect love. Remind me of what love does, how it triumphs, how you're over all things. Fear usually makes God small and makes our problems big. Well, we want to reverse that, get truth in us and make God big and our problems small. And then things start to get a lot easier for us. Oh, amen. 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 I I would say that that really has, it's so funny because like as a young adult and even growing up, like I knew I had chronic fear and God did this mighty, mighty work really, really set me free from fear in a lot of levels. And yet it is, it is that little doorway where the enemy can get in. And one of the most powerful things was to realize that fear is a spirit. That's what the Bible says. I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And so when that emotion comes up, I need to realize that isn't God's best for me. Now there's, you know, I mean, there's going to be those moments where someone cuts you off in traffic and you have a a fear that is a good fear, but that unhealthy fear that eats away at the foundation of my life, eats away at that security or distorts God's word. Because you know what I used to think when I would hear that verse, God has not given you a spirit of fear or excuse me, perfect love casts out all fear. You know how I would translate that through my filter? Well, there you go. There you go. I'm not perfect. That's why I can't Mm. receive God's love. It has nothing to do (laughs) with my perfect ability (laughs) to accept God's love. It has everything to do with his perfect love that casts out fear. But can you bring, can you bring us down to some practical ways to, to really accept that security of his love? that sets us free from fear? Absolutely. Well, I'll just say something really practical. If you can't fall asleep at night, because I think 
right? The enemy loves to show up in darkness in the night. And when we have an idle mind, it's like, then our thoughts start to go like left and right and to the bills and to the problems. And this kid did that. You know what I mean? You all, you all are there with me. I just know it. So in the nighttime, if you're laying in bed and your thoughts are going left and right, I love to do is I'm going to bed just to think about the ABCs of God. And I'll just start out just saying, you know, I'll go through the alphabet letter by letter, A, B, C. And I'll say, A, God is A, always with me. Mm-hmm. B, behind me and before me and around me. And I'll just kind of go letter by letter, just stating these truths of God and just l- allowing my heart to get comforted. And then my mind is dwelling on God rather than dwelling in fear. And I find that really amazing. Another super practical thing that you can do if you're struggling is call up a friend. Like I love Joanna. Joanna, Joanna <laughs> is awesome. <laughs> I love Kelly. <laughs> Kelly is awesome. <laughs> but I could call up Joanna, and there's times where I've called her up and said, Oh my goodness, like I'm going through this, and she will pray for me. And it's not that kind of person that just find that person where when they pray, you know that their prayers are moving mountains. And maybe you don't know, but you know that they love you. You know that they're for you. You know that they're with you. And just having someone pray and even bring a little nugget of truth to you can change everything. It's like, you know, when someone says something, it's just that split second of perspective. And you're like, whoa, yeah, that is true. And everything shifts. That's a good friend. So don't be afraid to hide your fear. I mean, to share your fear because God uses people as part of the process. Mm. And then the other thing about fear is to just admit it and say, I feel afraid right now. I feel afraid. I am afraid this is going to happen. And then, you know what I say afterwards? I said, I feel afraid that, you know, my kids aren't going to be good at sports or something, something. I know that sounds ridiculous, right? But fears can sometimes sound ridiculous. I am afraid of that. And then, uh, but then I say, but Jesus, but Mm. Jesus has a good plan for them, but Jesus has a way for them, but Jesus is going to use all those gifts for his glory. But Jesus, you know, and you just start to say, but Jesus, but the blood of Jesus covers me even when I'm afraid. But Jesus loves me no matter what. His love is unconditional. It's not dependent on my fear. And sometimes this is so strange, but just even allowing yourself to receive from God, even though you're in this condition, actually makes the fear or anxiety disappear. Because sometimes we get afraid that we're afraid or anxious because we're anxious. And we're like, I'm disobeying you, God. I'm so bad. And like, God's just like, hey, chill, like in in a loving way, you know, like, I've got you. I love you. I'm holding you. Come and sit on my lap, right? Like you've been given boldness to be able to come and storm the throne of grace. Like, yeah, let's get in front of him and get some grace in us, right? Like he gives us that access and it's so cool. That is so, so good. So good. I love these tips because, you know, sometimes we don't have the faith to pray, but someone else can. However, I'd like to insert, you know, I think sometimes as women, we're better at um, commiserating Mm. than we are in really interceding. And so sometimes, you know, we'll call a friend and they'll go, oh yeah, I totally understand. And yeah, that happened to me. And we go into our story, but we don't take each other to the throne like we need to. And (laughs) I don't know about anyone else, but when I have that mind shift and I go, you know what? I I hear what you're saying and I felt it, but let's take this to Jesus. Let's not just commiserate. But let's take this to Jesus. Um, there's something powerful that happens because, because 
you know, if I'm not in the middle of it, boy, girl, I can do battle for you. But what's beautiful is when you're not in the middle of it, when you go beyond just commiserating and say, "I, I understand what you feel, but you say, let's pray. Oh, my word. How, how powerful. And, and I love that. But Jesus, one of the things that I've realized just recently, and I probably have known for quite a while, is that I have all this authority that Jesus has given me. But when I'm under, again, under the circumstances, it's sometimes the last thing I do. And I had a friend, um, who's, I think I was telling you about it, Liz Curtis Higgs, when we were, I, I interviewed her, we stayed on afterwards and um, just told her a little bit of what I was walking through. And I asked her um, what she does when she faces that. And she said, you know what? The first thing I do is I clear the room. And I'm like, what? She goes, I said, okay, what does that mean? She goes, well, you know what? I know that the enemy wants to cause confusion. He wants to cause doubt. And so the first thing I do as we were talking about writing, as I sit down to write, I clear the room and I come against the enemy. I come against the things he wants to do in my flesh to cause hindrance and all of this. And I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I, I have that authority in Jesus Christ. But again, if I'm keeping it internal, rather than stepping out and speaking the word, speaking the truth, inviting God verbally into the conversation, I just live in this secret place of fear and fog and doubt. And so this is so powerful. And even saying those words, but Jesus, but Jesus, and and like your little girl, no, (laughs) I'm going to keep that one in mind. Such good stuff. I know. And I totally relate, Joanna, because I found myself, you know, you said before the call, sometimes we have to go back and read our own books. I'm like, I got to read Battle Ready again. Like it has something for everyone in different seasons, but I feel like I'm ready to reread it and God's going to point out new things to me. Um, But I've noticed for the past couple of months, I started to do this thing when I'd read, I usually pray God's word and um, in the morning time. And I started to notice I was, I was whispering at first because I didn't want to wake everybody up in the house, you know, by just like speaking loudly. But then I noticed I started to whisper during the day and I started to just pray in my mind. There is something powerful when you speak. When, yeah. when, when God spoke the world into existence, when we speak, do you realize that we're not only hearing it first in our mind, but then we're releasing it through our mouth and rehearing it again in our ear. So we get a mm. double hearing, a double dose of God's truth or prayer or whatever it is that we're speaking out. And the truth is that we have been given authority and we've got to use our voice. And some, some women's voice, I'm feeling it even right now, have been shut up and shut down because maybe you're discouraged or you're disappointed or you've lost hope, but I just want to speak to you. I want to voice it. I want to air it right now that that Christ is in you and that your words are powerful and your prayers can move mountains. And so speak loudly and declare the truth because what you have to say and what God's given you and even what you have to say to others really does matter. And we women, we can't be silenced because Christ has things he wants to do and how he wants to use us. And, 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 and it's so important that we use those voices, Joanna. So thank you for bringing that up. Amen. Amen. Well, all through the word of God, it says they cried out to him and he answered. And uh, I do agree. I think, I think that our, uh, the enemy wants to shut us down and shut us up because he knows that there's power when we declare what we know over what we feel. So 
Praise the Lord. Well, hey, you guys, I really do want you guys to check out Kelly's um, books, Battle Ready and Fear Fighting, and be sure to stop by her website. You've got so much good stuff. As we close, what's um, what's the one piece of advice? You know, it may be related to what we've talked about, maybe completely unrelated, but maybe the one piece of advice that has been most powerful in your life that you would share with women. For sure, Joanna. And if anybody's wondering about, I have a whole bunch of free resources and tools, uh, prayers that you can download at IamBattleReady.com. So you can check those out there. And then the one piece of advice that I would give, and this is something that the Lord is convicting me of right now, is to, and this is for married folks, and I'll try to think of a single folk one too, but is to listen to the wisdom that your husband gives you. I think I've come into this realization of how, okay, if Christ says that my husband and I are one, that when he sees something in me or when he wants to pray for something or when he's calling me up to a higher level, even if it sounds like the opposite, like he's like, you're doing this or whatever, to receive it rather than to block it because um, the Lord has knitted us together. And so your husband and you as a wife can powerfully move together in supporting each other through prayers and become a powerhouse for Jesus together. You might have different callings or different responsibilities or whatever it might be. But if one, when you start operating, like I'm almost imagining it like wheels turning together, like, right? Like, like, um, kind of those inner, inner wheels, uh, working a clock or whatever. They're, everything's moving and, and things are getting pushed forward. So that would be my encouragement to married folks and to single folks. I would say, recognize and think about what you are thinking about. This is for married or single people. Think about what you're thinking about. Take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. Don't let an idle word pass you by. Think about what you're thinking about it. Is it good? Is it true? You know, is it, profitable? Is it upbuilding a sister next to you? You know, you, we want to avoid envy in our hearts in comparison, but not only because it's God tells us not to, but it also hurts us when we do that. Then we start to get afraid and we start to draw back from the things God has for us. And so really get into maybe even write down your thoughts during the day. If you need to start for a week of just writing down the thoughts, and then you'll begin to notice that the tracks that you're on your, then you can identify what the lies are and receive the truth and really start to make strides in your life because you wouldn't go into battle without a plan. You have to have a plan to change your thoughts with Christ and invite him in, in prayer. Amen. Amen. Taking captive every thought. And I, I, I like one translation to this says, every lofty opinion that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. And that thought that this is too big for God, that thought that oh, I'm going to mess this up or I can't do this or it's too much, invite God into the equation and powerful, powerful stuff. Hey, Kelly, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh my goodness. It's been so fun. I don't want it to end, Joanna. I'm excited to listen to all your podcasts. It's been so fun. I love talking to women that have a heart for Jesus and most of all women who let God get his hands on them. And I love that advice to to receive receive those things from our husbands and for those who are single, even from our friends, our godly friends and and 
be willing to grow together in Christ. As we close, would you pray for those girls out there that, you know, maybe they're, they're really fear fighting, man. And right now they're in the heat of the battle. Maybe they're walking through some things like you described of um, life challenges that just seem like, oh God, I, if I can just make it through this, but would you pray for them that in the middle of this, they would find Jesus in a brand new way? Father God, we thank you that you are a good, good father. Thank you that your plans are to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. I'd like to invite the Holy Spirit to come in and just welcome all of these daughters into the reality of your love, God, that they would know how wide and how long and how deep and how far and how going on and going on and never ending is your love, Lord. Just wrap them with your peace and your assurance. God, thank you that no battle is too great to overtake you. Thank you that the battle belongs to the Lord, God. Thank you, God, that when you're for us, who can stand against us. Thank you that while you're si- we're silent, you're fighting for us, God. You are victorious, Christ Jesus. We rest under the shadow of your wing, God, knowing that your good plans will come forth, God. Mount every woman who's listening up in new strength, in new passion, in new love, God. We say no to fear. We say we bind away fear. We will not be responsive to fear. And we receive the freedom of the Lord that allows us to be who we are, to express who we are, and to boldly go out into the world to proclaim the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our portion. Jesus, you're our portion. Fear holds us back, but fearlessness in Christ sends us out with such assurance, God. And I ask for a new thing to happen in each and every room, God, that 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 each daughter would feel your love, feel your presence, and the joy of the Lord would be her strength. In Jesus' mighty and almighty name, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you for being with us, sweet Kelly. Thank you, Joanna. It was fun. Wow. I don't know about you, but it seems so easy to forget that God is not only with me, He is for me, and He is working on my behalf. When I look to Him rather than the circumstance I find myself in, I find hope and I find strength, and I become battle-ready. Listen, I hope you'll visit today's show notes and access the links to Kelly's books, as well as the other free materials she mentioned. It's great stuff. And be sure to sign up for my email list. You'll get a monthly letter as well as notifications when a new episode airs. Speaking of which, I'm really excited about the next episode. It's a solo show. And though I did not plan these to air consecutively, I I think they're going to be a wonderful complement to each other. I'm going to be talking about the life of David and how you and I can overcome discouragement. Until next time, you guys, I just want you to know you're in my thoughts and prayers, and I want you to be of good courage because God is with you, and He's going to give you everything you need to do everything He asks. He's going to give you everything you need to face everything life throws at you. God bless you, my friend. See you next time.